Turn with me, if you would, in the Word of God tonight to uh, 2 Corinthians. And uh, the Lord doesn't always let me do this, but this is one of my all-time favorite verses of Scriptures in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. And when He lets me preach on it, I so enjoy it. And it's hard for me to teach much on it. I just mostly preach and exhort when I think about this. But that'll be all right, too. Whatever is good for the time and for the season. Let's look in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. He said, Now thanks be unto God, which always, oh yes, always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Oh, glory. I got to get down here. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. If I had a title to my message tonight, that's what it'd be. Always. And before we leave tonight, I want that ringing in your soul. I want that bouncing off the walls of your spirit and your head. Always. Always. Always what? Always causes us to triumph. In the Lord Jesus. In Christ. You know, as I was thinking about this, I remember when I was in school and we had literature. We studied some poetry. And they had a poem by a man, I believe his name was Poe, and it was about a, a, a bird. Remember that? A blackbird, a raven. And thus quoth the raven, what? Nevermore. You read that same book, didn't you? Thus quoth the raven, what? Nevermore. Nevermore. That's so sad, isn't it? Nevermore. <laughs> Nevermore. If you do a little study into the background of probably what kind of state the man was in when he wrote the poem, no doubt in my mind, he was inspired. <laughs> but not by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thus quoth the raven, the black bird, the dark bird, Nevermore. You know, I don't know what you think about it, but I've read in different places, and I think that in some places in the Bible, the raven is a type of the devil. Are you listening? Many places, I, I, we don't have time to go into that, but I also know of another bird in the Bible, a white bird, the dove. Guess what the dove says? Thus saith the dove, always, hallelujah. Always. Yeah, there's, there's a raven that'll come and perch on your shoulder and he'll dog your tracks and you'll say, not this time. <laughs> In fact, nevermore. <laughs> nevermore. Oh yeah, oh yeah, God answered your prayer back in 39 and, and you got healed and you finally did struggle through and make it through. But... Not this time. Not this time. Not this time. It's getting worse all the time. It's not going to work this time. You're not going to get your healing this. Oh, yeah, God heard your prayers before, and you did make it through, but not this time. How many know that demons will trail you, and they will track you, and they'll say, uh-uh, not this time. Not going to work this time. Not this time. Not this time. It's not working. Nevermore. And if you listen to that, you'll get sad. Is that right? Yeah. You'll lose your joy. You'll lose your peace. You'll get worried. You'll get anxious. And the next thing you know, you'll be quoting the raven. <laughs> Nevermore. Never. What's the use? I mean, the move of God is over and I got left behind. And uh, what's the, I might as well just end it all. People get to that place. Why? Because they listen to the wrong one. They listen to the raven. Nevermore. Nevermore, what's the use? What's the use? Yesterday was bad, today is worse. Tomorrow's going to be worser <laughs> and badder. 
And so they say, what's the use? Let's end it all because nevermore, nevermore. But I'm so glad I heard the song of a different bird one day. Glory to God. I heard a sweet song. I heard a song of victory. I heard a song of glory. What is that song? Always. Always. Oh, glory to God. I could swing up on the top there and say, Always. I, I don't know what that means to you, but it means something to me. I remember one time I came in from a meeting. And how many know the devil doesn't like healing? I thought when I got to be healing instructor at Kenneth Hagin Ministries, I'd have it made, you know. You know, the devil don't bother the healing instructor, you know. I found out he bumped me up a notch or two on his hit list. Are you listening? I came in one night, had a shouting, hallelujah time in a meeting. Everything is going great. And it was late, you know, how Pentecostals do sometimes. Late, 30 when we got in. And my wife got to bed. And I got in there. And I was going to go to bed too. But I said, well, you know, I kind of feel like I need to pray just a little bit. I got a little something in my heart. So I went over to another bedroom in the house there. And I just began to pray. Begin to pray. Everything is fine. And then wham! Ah! Something began to hurt on the inside of me, like somebody stuck a knife in there and was twisting it around. And I thought, wow, what is that? Get out of here. And I resist you in Jesus' name. I'm healed by a stripes. going to do what I always do, you know. And it got worse. Fast it got worse. And, 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 and I mean, it got worse and it got worse. And I felt like, man, I was about, you know, I was going to fall over. And, and the devil said, here came that raven. Nevermore, nevermore. You can't take this much longer. In fact, if the pain gets much worse than that, you'll pass out. And who knows what's wrong with you? You'll probably die right here on the floor. And your, your wife will come in in the morning, and there you'll be. Dead. And Monday, Monday morning, the people will want to know, where's the healing instructor? Well, he died with sickness and disease. Well, doesn't that encourage you, you know? Nevermore, nevermore. Oh, yeah, God's done great things for you. He's healed you, he's healed you. But not this time. Not this time, not this time. I said, I resist you. You're a liar in Jesus' name. And I kept on, you know, communing with the Lord best I could and speaking over my body. It got worse. It got worse. The devil said, you can't take this much longer. You're going to pass out. You better go run and get some help. You better go run and get some help. You better do something because uh, it's getting worse. And you, you know, you get so much and you just pass out and you'll lay here dead and your wife will come find you. She might have a heart attack when she finds you. <laughs> it says, it'll be terrible. I said, you're a liar. Shut up. But my head said, you know, he got a point there. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know exactly how much more of this you can take. I mean, no, you, flesh is flesh, you know. And, and, and the further we went, the more it seemed like it was true, you know, that I wasn't going you know, to make it. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. I said, thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost spoke up on the inside of me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said, there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful. Oh, Lord, God is faithful who will not suffer you. He won't allow you to be tempted, tested, tried, you see, above that which you're able. Now, see, the devil was telling me that this was going to get out beyond where I could do anything. I mean, it was going to get out beyond my faith, get out beyond where I was at in God, get out beyond my strength. That's what he was trying to convince me of is that this was good, just out of my league. I might as well just give up and quit now because it was out of my ballpark. Holy Ghost said, mm -mm. He will, he's faithful. God's faithful to you. He will not allow you to be tested, tried above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Glory to God. We've got a word from God. It doesn't make any difference what we get in. It doesn't make any difference if it's so dark and it's so bad and you can't feel or see any victory at all. If you believe the word of God, you know there's a way out around here somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. 
and faith will look for that way of escape. Now, doubt, belief, doubt and belief, unbelief won't even look for it. Doubt and unbelief will fall on the floor and cry. And now, how many know? I see exit signs all around this place. But what if I had my nose buried up in the carpet, a crying and a carrying on? Could I see the exit? Could I say, oh, I want to get out of here so bad. I wish I was out of here. Oh, God, help me out of here. I want, well, there's ways out. But am I going to see them with my nose buried in the carpet? i got to get up and look. Is that right? You've got to look. You've got to look for a way. I'm reminded of the, the, the four men that brought the paralyzed man, you know. And, and they came and they couldn't get in the house because of all the scribes and Pharisees and rulers. And they wanted to get in. Thank God they weren't like a, a lot of folks that had just said, Well, it must not have been your day because, you know, if it had been the will of God, it would have worked out for you. They looked down at Joe, and Joe said, what are we going to do now? Charles said, don't worry about it, Joe. We're going to get you in. I told you. We're going to get you in. He said, well, okay. And then Tim behind him said, today's your day, buddy. I'm telling you. Today, I saw this man minister before, and we can go get you in there, and today is your healing day. He said, fine by me. I'm ready. So they went to the door, and they couldn't get in. They went to the window, and they couldn't get in. They looked around, and they couldn't get in. And they looked down, and they looked around, and then they looked up. Yes, they looked up. And when you start looking up, you're going to see some things. Is that right? But you've got to look for a way. I'm so glad they didn't just give up real easy and say, well, this must not be working out. I mean, it must not be God. No, sometimes you've got to keep looking. Sometimes you'll go this way, bam. Door shuts on your face. Where's it at? Don't give up. Where's it at? And you go over here, somebody steps on your toe. And you go over here, and you can't get through there. Look up. Look up. There's a way. God said there's a way. We know Jesus is that way. Amen? Amen? The Word is the way. The living Word is the way. God will not suffer you to be tempted or tried above that which you're able. But He will make a way of escape Amen. that you may be able to bear it. Is that right? Amen. You're going to be able to come out. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you, now where you're at, is beyond your faith and you can't get out, you might as well just give up now. I want you to know God will meet you where you are at. Amen. Don't you thank God that He will? Amen. God will meet you right where you're at. You know, it depends on your need. If you believe what you can believe and reach out to God with what you know and, and what you have, and worship Him. He'll make up for what you don't know. He'll give you revelation. He'll show you if you just worship Him and reach up. But the devil will try to tell you, well, you know, if you'd, you'd have studied harder and prayed more, and you might be ready, but, but you're not, so you just might as well, never more. Not this time. Recognize the tone of that old raven, and don't listen to that. I'm telling you, even when you've missed it, and you're in trouble because of your own failures. You're suffering and hurting because you messed your life up. You can't even blame it on the devil. You messed it up. Is that right? I'm, I'm so glad for Psalm 107 and the thoughts that are revealed there. Don't you remember when he said, you know, the wicked one would just reject and contemn God's counsels. And then the fool, because of his iniquities and transgressions, is afflicted. His soul abhors all manner of food, and he draws near to the gates of death. And he cries unto God. And God said, tough, buddy. You've sown it, and now you're reaping it. Is that right? That's not what that said, is it? That's the way some folk read it, though. Well, bless God, you're going to reap what you sow. That's what the Bible said. You sown it, and now you're going to reap it. Is that right? Now, we know that the principle of sowing and reaping is true, and it's right. But how many have sowed sin? Everybody's sin and come short of the glory of God. What's the wages of sin? What kind of death? Spiritual death. What's that? Separation from God. Eternity in hell with the damned. Did you sow that? Did you sow to that? Sure you did. Are you going to reap it? I'm not. 
I sowed in sin. You did. And was spiritually dead and separated from God. Am I going to reap the judgment for that? No. Why? Jesus reaped it for me. He reaped it. It had to be reaped. You know that. Yes, it's true. What, you, what is sown has to be reaped. But what if somebody else that didn't sow it reaped it for you? Then that puts you off scot-free, acquitted, justified, righteous, and free. Don't you thank God for the mercy of God? Even people that rejected the Word of God, they knew what was right. They rejected the counsel of God. They sank deep into the mire and muck of sin. And because of it, they're afflicted, they're tormented, they're suffering, they're in trouble, they're near death. And they cry unto the Lord in their distress and in their affliction. And He heard them. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their deaths and destruction. Can you say amen? amen? That's your God. It doesn't get to the place where that you need help and you come to God and God says, not this time. God says what? Always. Lord, will you help me out this time? Always, son. Always, daughter. Oh, God, will you have mercy on me? Help me get out of this mess this time. Always. Always, son. I remember several always statements. The Lord Jesus said, Lo, I am with you. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Always. I will cause you to triumph. Always. And I was there in the bedroom to pain. You haven't forgot that, have you? And... The Holy Ghost said to me, the Lord will not allow you to be tested above what you're able. You know why people lose battles? It's not because the devil comes in so strong and there's nothing they can do about it. He just overwhelms them and runs over them. God won't let that happen. Are you listening? He said he wouldn't. He, he won't allow it. If it's, if it's beyond where you are in God and can do anything with, he won't let it be. You might say, well, why are people overwhelmed then? Because they quit. I said, because they quit. They could do more than they thought they could if they'd have just stayed. But they, they get to looking and they believing the lies of the, the devil. Not this time, never more. And, and so they quit. That's why folk lose battles. It's not because the devil comes in like a steamroller and just this, I mean, oh, dear God, there's nothing I could do. I mean, he just way over my... No, God won't allow that. If it comes your way, you just know this, you in God can handle it. If it shows up on your doorstep, if it faces you, then you know that, that God in you and you in him, right now, today, where you're at, all of your insufficiencies and lack of knowledge and everything, right now, in God, you can do it. He's going to help you. Amen. If you couldn't, it wouldn't be there. You believe that? Can you believe that? So don't, don't make excuses and say, well, that, you know, that was out of my league. And I just, uh, I mean, I, that, that defeated me before I ever knew what was going on. That was just, you know, nothing I could do about it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. You quit. You quit too, quit, too, too, too early, too soon. Faith doesn't know what quit means. When you've heard from God, you don't, I mean, you don't know what quit means. You don't quit, you just win. How often? Always. I don't want you to forget that. Now, how often? Always. Always. Now, in the world, you hear this, you know, well, you know, you win a few and you lose a few. That's the way the old ball bounces. Yeah, but I ain't the old ball. And this is, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. Is that right? And I got a new rule we live by, always. That means I win this one. That means I win the next one. That means I win the next one. That doesn't make any difference. What's going on right now, I'm going to stay with it until it's won. And if tomorrow something comes to me that's bigger than that, I win that one too, because always is always. And if next month I get hit broadside with something I never imagined or expected, 
worse than my worst nightmare, I win that one too, because always is always. And if a whole battalion of demons attack me two years from now, I win that one too, because always is always. Is that right? Yeah, you, you coming on now. The devil's got problems. Now, did you know that it takes more than just faith to be totally victorious in life? You ever read what Peter said? You know, he said, be sure to add to your faith. And he gives you a whole list of things. I taught a whole seminar on that one time. I mean, it, he, one thing after another. He said, add this. And I think that a lot of folk, I, I can talk about charismatics because I is one. You know, a lot of charismatics, they're missing some things because they, they just think faith alone is going to do it. No, it takes some other things. Other things. Amen. And we need to learn some more about those other things. God's taught us some things about faith. We sure don't know everything about dear Lord. We're just getting started in it. But we need to know some other things too. Not that we need to talk less about what we're talking about. We might just need to talk more about some other things. I'm talking about me. Amen? That's what I'm seeing. I'll tell you one essential element that you've got to have if you're going to be victorious and get the blessing. The Bible said about Abraham, through faith and what? He obtained the promises. Amen. Through faith and what? Amen. Patience. Everybody tell me, now what is that? Through faith and Patience. How many believe in patience? Is patience a good thing? And the right thing? Now, if you, if you say, hallelujah, we're having a seminar on patience. <laughs> Folk wouldn't get near excited, as excited as if you said, you know, we're having a, having a seminar on faith. Or we're having a seminar on prosperity. Victory now. <laughs> faith now, faith is. Now. Right? Well, we believe, we're now believers, right? Everybody, now. And that's good, but there's some other things we need to add to that. Faith is now, today, and tomorrow, and next week, and next month, and as long as it takes, it still keeps being now. Some folk can be now for 40 minutes. And then if they don't see it now, they quit believing now. Because they have no patience. Is that all right? I'm telling you, this has helped me. I've gotten a hold of some things in this area that, that's helping me. Patience. Patience. Now, your flesh won't like that word at all. I tell folk at healing school, I said, I think we'd get more customers if we had a drive through window. That's right. And they could just come by and we go, Shunda, I'll be healed. And they could drive off. But like Brother Hagin says, so he said, God doesn't have no instant pudding. He just has the real thing. How many know sometimes a real thing takes a little while? How many of you ladies and maybe some of you men that's real good cooks? You know, I mean, the good stuff. It takes time. I got an aunt. Is that Aunt Royaline? That makes that cake? Yeah. I'm from the South, incidentally. You probably couldn't tell, but... Aunt Royaline has a cake. It takes her 31 days to make. But my, my, when you... Like, 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 like one deacon said, that you're going to think this is funny. He said he, he, ate, he ate some certain food that these people had prepared. He said, mmm, mmm. He said, that's just like angels dancing on my tongue, he said. <laughs> Otherwise, he was getting into it. Yeah. But that, that, that good stuff, it takes a while to fix. Is that right? We're living in the age of drive-through and microwave and instant, right? Everything. And I'm telling you, that's, that's a problem for us spiritually. Because the Bible said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm telling you, a lot of folk are missing a lot of things because they have no patience. They move too fast. 
Do you know a lot of the greatest things that I've ever experienced in God in my ministry, I almost missed a lot of them. I mean, I, ca I came this close to, to, to closing the service or stopping or, or, or not pray, stopping praying or whatever I was doing or stopping seeking the Lord. I mean, I, you, you, you came that close to stopping four, five, ten times. But you didn't. Something on the inside of you said, well, no, just wait. Just wait. Just, just come on. Wait. But see, your flesh will hold you out because your flesh is antsy. Your flesh doesn't like to wait on anything. You know how you are when you get in that line at that grocery store. You, right? I mean, maybe not. But you know what I mean? That's the way your flesh is. Your flesh doesn't like, I mean, if somebody puts you on hold, you go, you know? I mean, you got things to do. You got places to go, people to see, right? But I want you to know, when you get with God, you got to change your team. You got to shift gears. Because He is God. Amen. And you ought to just be thrilled that he would honor you with his presence. Are you listening? And I mean, if he wants to spend some extra time with you, don't you dare get up and run. Is that right? It's a great and honorable thing for the Lord to minister to you. Amen. And we ought to be at his disposal. If he wants to talk to us all day long, fine. Put everything else on hold. Amen. Amen. If he wants us to wait on him for half a day. Yeah, Lord. Here we are. Not just waiting idly, but waiting expectantly. Now, see, that's the key. David said, you know, my soul waits on you, Lord, more than they that wait for the morning. More than they, see, 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 in those days and in a lot of places even today, the soldiers would be on the watch, you know, in that early morning watch. And I'm telling you, if you ever work a graveyard shift, especially outside, you know, especially if you're not doing anything, I mean, just guarding, just watching, you get to wanting that sun to come up. I mean, you're looking for it. You know it's coming, but it's not there. And if you're just watching for it, it seems like it moves slow. They say, you know, watch pot won't boil and... You just watch, look, look at that and just, you know, time ekes by. But, but they know it's coming, right? They've been there night after night. They know that sun's coming. It's coming. So they watch for it hour after hour. The cold, still night. They just keep watching. We've got to watch like that expectantly for the Lord. The Bible talks about intercessors, watchmen on the wall, looking, you see. You know, a, a lot of times... Folk are making a lot of noise when they just need to wait on the Lord and seek the Lord. Did you know I, I, I've learned this in my own life? A lot of my prayer and stuff was just a lot of fleshly effort. Not all of it. Now, you've got something that you do, but uh, people, get, people misunderstand. I was praying with some folk the other day. People don't realize that there's times for things. You know, warfare prayer is real popular now. Well, it hasn't always been. You understand what I'm saying? But how I many know there's a time and a place for all kinds of praying? I've started out praying with folk, and the Bible says you enter in before the Lord. How? With thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Unless he's already put something on your heart. I mean, you know, if you just come in to, to pray and seek the Lord. And I've had folk, you know, praying with me, and then they just jump out. Ha! 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 And you go, uh, I didn't say anything, but I thought, Brother, brother, we're in the throne room. Put up your sword. You, you, you don't need to swing your sword around in here. Well, uh, when we get to the front line, that, you know, it's time for then. But, you know, we're here getting orders from headquarters and, and just work. put up your sword, son. Now, now, you tell me what would happen to you if you went to the president's office and you whipped out a blade and you started doing this kind of stuff. They'd have you out of there in no time flat. Is that right? You've got to realize when we come in before the Father like that, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving. We come into His courts with praise. We're in the throne room. And I mean Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, is granting us an audience. We don't shout at Him. We don't scream at Him. We don't wave our arms and groan at Him. Are you listening? Now, don't, don't you misunderstand me. I believe in lots of different kinds of prayer. Practice it. Experience it. 
But there's a time and place for things. And folk can get in a rut and just get stuck. And every time they start praying, that's the only mode they know. They just slide right into that. Are you listening? How did we get off on that? What was I talking about before I got off on it? What? Oh, well, I knew that. <laughs> Patience, yeah, thank you. You know, my wife and I uh, had an experience when we first started walking with the Lord. And let me share it with you just a little bit, and it'll give you, it'll, it'll show you what I'm talking about when I say patience. A lot of times people miss things because of patience, faith and patience. You obtain the promises and have the victory. We just got started off and, and got a hold of some, some faith tapes, and that's brand new to us. You know, we, we hardly even heard of faith at all. And, and, and how you could believe God, and God wanted you to prosper, God wanted you to have things, and, and man, that was new, brand new to us, and we were thrilled with it. I'm telling you, because we needed it. Well, I mean, we, we didn't have much of anything, but what we had, we owed for, and, and we needed some more things. And we, you know, and you couldn't get it because you didn't have the money and couldn't borrow it. And, and so, anyway, we said, well, you know, God's a big God. This is, I mean, while we're asking, let's just ask right. We need us a car. Yeah. What kind of car? Well, God's a big God, right? Yeah, big God. Well, no, let's don't let, you know, God can do anything. Yeah. Well, let's ask for a brand new car. Top of the line. So we did. We asked her, you know, my wife, she looked around a little bit and said what she liked, and I liked it too. She said, I like that Buick Riviera. That's what I like. And so we said, fine. That's, that's what we'll ask the Lord for. We needed some money to pay our bills. We needed some clothes. We needed some other things. We wanted to pay off some things. And so we said, well, we're going to just ask for all of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, maybe none of you ever started out like that, but <laughs> that's what we did. So, I said, now, let's don't be hasty about this. I said, you know, let's, let's meditate on it for a few weeks and, and, and then make sure that's what we're going to do and then we'll pray the prayer of agreement. So we've been studying the Word for at least three or four weeks and, and we, we're going we're to do it. So, we did. And at the end of these three or four you know, weeks, I said, you still feel the same way? Yes, sir. Me too. I said, let's pray. So we, we prayed the prayer of agreement. We asked the Lord for the brand new car. We asked the Lord for lots of new clothes. Asked the Lord, you know, for the money to pay our bills and, and, and then to pay things off. Pay them off. Just pay them off. And then lots of money to give and do what we need to do in life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we claim it. And then I heard somebody else do something similar to this. And I thought, well, that's the thing to do. I said, Lord, we claim it by such and such time, which was about, what, a month? away or something like that, a few weeks away, about a month away, because, you know, I, I, I heard, you know, and felt like it would be specific, tell the Lord, get it laid out, mapped out, so I said, you believe? Yeah, you do? Yeah, we're in faith, glory to God, just thank the Lord for it, so we thank the Lord, two or three weeks went by, finally the day came, nothing has happened, you know, but the day came that we had set, you know, and got up that morning, we were excited. We thought, today's the day. Nothing has happened so far, but today's the day. This must be it. All day at work, every time the phone rang, I went, it wasn't for me. Every time somebody come in and wanted to see me, I thought, mm-hmm, maybe that's it. All day long, nothing, just work. Same with my wife. That evening, nothing's happened. We got off work, came home. We're still, we're still, you know, persevering. Knowing that, well, the day's not over yet. Glory to God. I mean, you know, God can do things quick. So we we sat around in our mobile home that was not paid for, and but we called, you know, paid for, and and we waited. Ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, but we're still holding on. Still, still that day, you know. 11.45. Holding on. 11.55. You know, don't give up now. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o' five. And our feathers fell. I looked at her. She looked at me. We didn't want to talk about it. So we just avoided it, skirted it, walked around it, didn't mention it. But we weren't nearly as stirred up as we were prior to that. Now thank God that in our childhood and immaturity, because I don't feel like we've gotten too far beyond that, you know, but we have grown some, I know that. But the Lord helped us to have enough sense to know that he didn't fail us. Now, I've met person after person that when something like that happened, they just abandoned the faith message, healing message, prosperity message. They said, well, I see you there, but God, it's just, it's not, don't work. And they got mad at God. Well, God, I did, what else do you want me to do? I did everything you told me to do. Now, you better watch who you're talking to now. I said, some folk could be in trouble the way they talk to God if they weren't such babies. Because, see, God overlooks things out of babies. I'm serious with you now. But when you grow a little bit and you start mouthing off and questioning and doubting God, that's serious. It's serious stuff. I mean, we, we have a relationship with Him and it's based on trust and faith. And if we, don't, if we lose trust and faith, we don't have a, a fellowship. I don't mean we're not saved anymore, but we certainly, we certainly destroy and devastate our fellowship. Still have a relationship, but not much fellowship. So we just avoided it. Well, in the process of time, we did, you know, some things begin to happen for us, and we, you know, begin to give some, and finally got where we could breathe a little bit, and we got, actually got out of debt, what little debt we had in the next couple of years or so. Didn't get any new Riviera and, and, and any of that other stuff. And, and we came on to Rama. And uh, I've spent time at prayer school every day and had some extra time because the way the Lord worked out some things for me to just wait on Him and seek Him. And one day I was praying and seeking the Lord and this came up in my spirit. And I said to the Lord, I said, Now Lord, I, I know I don't know a whole lot about faith but I think I know a little something about it. And I said, what, what, what little I do know about faith, I thought we were in faith that day. That, you know, we, we prayed for those things and, and all that day long that we were expecting some things. I mean, was that not faith? Lord, if it wasn't, I want you to teach me and show me because I need, man, I don't even know what faith is at all because I, I, I thought it was. And I know it didn't work out. That's obvious. So, Lord, I mean, I know you don't fail. And the Lord began to talk to me. You know, the Lord can say a sentence to you, straighten everything out. For, I mean, just... No, He didn't have to say a paragraph, just... Just a sentence. And it can, the entrance of his word gives light. Just enlighten you and you just go, oh, yeah, right. You ever done that before? I'm telling you, it pays to ask God, wait on God, seek him. Seek him. A lot of times folk are running to human beings, you see. God's the one's got the answer. No human's going to have anything to tell you unless God gives them something. And thank God you can go to God for yourself. Especially if it's things to do with your personal life, like what I'm talking about, what we did. I guarantee you probably most everyone in the room has got a story just about like what I'm, I'm sharing right now. So I think this will help you. I said, Lord, I thought we were in faith. Were we not? And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but he just began to speak to my heart like he can speak to any Christian. I just knew what he was saying. He said, yes, son. You and she were, were actually doing real good for where you were at, what you knew. I thought, yes. Well, then why didn't it work? I mean, that's the next question. He said, yeah, you were doing pretty good until 12.05. I said, oh. He said, and then, because a little mechanism that had springs and hands on the wall clicked a few times, you doubted and decided my word was not true time see passage of time caused us to doubt he said besides that that setting of that date is just your idea 
And he said, besides that, you and she asked big for where you were at. I guess so. Brand new top of the line car. And, and I mean, does God want you to have a nice thing? Yeah, he does. But a lot of times when folk are Christians and babies and just starting out, a lot of times they got quite a bit of covetousness in them. You know what I'm talking about? And a lot of times, by the time, would it be all right? Sometimes, sometimes people say, man, I just don't like to hear people talking about believing God for a new car, something like that. I just don't like to hear. Let, let them alone. If they really believe God for it, time he gives it to them, they'll have it in the right place. Are you listening to me? <laughs> don't bother them. If they really do hold on to God, time he gives it to them, I mean, when he gives it to them, it'll be the right time. It'll be the right way. He'll have taught them some things. Are you listening? Now, don't, you know, if you don't like some of the things, don't just throw them away. You might want to come back to them sometime because I'm not through with my story. So I began, he, he, I began to kick myself because I saw, just like that, that if we'd have stayed in faith, it might have took a while. But God would have done some things. He'd have brought it to pass. And I thought, man, wouldn't that have been great? Getting started off, you know, that young in your faith life and, and, and getting those kind of answers to prayer and responses. Well, that, boy, that will really give you a good boost and kick off. Wouldn't that? And I was kicking myself. Dummy, why'd you quit? You're off to a good start. Why did you quit? And the Lord spoke to my heart again. He said, it's not too late. I thought, what does that mean? He said, go back, pick it up. See, things in the Spirit are always now. Even, even if you goofed off for five years on it, you know, a lot of, time, a lot of things are just right there. And, when, and if things in the Spirit, you know, are, are real, when he said that, it's like I look back to that, and there it was. I could, I could remember right where we were in faith on that day. And he said, go back and pick it up. And hold, this time, hold on to it. If that's what you want. And I said, yeah. Yeah. And I was encouraged. And I went and told my wife. I said, what we got to do now is go back and pick that up. I said, do you remember how we were expecting? You ever been, everybody hear that word? Yeah. Expecting. That's a faith word. You remember how we were expecting things to happen all day long? We just kept expecting, kept expecting. I said, what we did, we quit. We cast away our confidence. We didn't have patience. And because we didn't have patience, we didn't inherit those things. Did you know that you don't have any more faith than you do patience? You may not believe that, but you study it and see if it's not true. When your patience runs out, that's the end of your faith. Because your patience is the undergirding support of your faith. You know, patience is kind of like the, the, the platform that a bridge is built on. You got the realm of the supernatural. You got the realm of the natural. And you want to bring the blessings out of the realm of the spirit into the realm of the natural. But how do you, how do you bridge that? You got to have a bridge. What is that? Faith. Comes through faith. But how many know that you got to have something under a bridge? Or it's just going to fall in. What is that? Patience. Now, if you're building a bridge and you keep trying to build the bridge on out, but you don't put support under it, what's going to happen to that bridge? It's going to fall off and collapse without the undergirding support of patience. That's why I say you don't have any more faith than you do patience. When your patience runs out, that's the end of your faith. So she, she caught that. She saw what I was talking about, and we, we got back on it. Now, it had been, I don't know, a couple, three years probably at that time or more since we had uh, prayed that. Somebody said, What happened? Nothing for months. But we kept expecting. Didn't set a date this time. No date. Because faith is what? When are you expecting? If you don't sit today, when will faith be expecting? Next week, when will faith be expecting? Next year, when would faith be? Now, it never changes. I'm expecting now. But, but faith doesn't, you know, patience undergirding faith doesn't allow it to waver with time. It just perseveres. 
Patience doesn't mean a lot of times what we use patience to mean, at least the word that's used there with faith. It doesn't mean just passively waiting to see if God's going to do anything. No, the Greek word that's translated patience that's used with faith, it means the perseverance. Amen. Steadfastness and unchangeableness. I mean, you're the same, feel good, feel bad, sun shining, overcast or cloudy. It makes no difference what comes. You keep believing the same thing day in, day out, every week. You believe in the same thing. You don't care if it looks twice as bad this week as it did last week. You believe in the same thing. Now, that's why so many people are up and down and wavering because, see, they don't have that patience undergirding them and stabilizing them. So... Guess what happened? All total, what was it, about seven years? Everybody say seven years. Seven, seven what? Years. Not days. Seven what? Years. Seven years. One day Phyllis came in. We were teaching and preaching and she was working and she came in one day. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, a man tells me that he wants to buy me a new car. He wants to pay for all of it. He doesn't want me to pay for any of it. My car. I said, is that right? I said, uh, what kind of car? I mean, what kind of price range? He said, whatever you want. Is that right? I said, well, uh, let's go look around. We looked around, we looked, we looked at some cars here and there, and I asked her a question about it. She said, yeah, absolutely. The man, you know, that's what he wants to do. This man is a Christian. We looked around, we looked at some different kind of cars. Finally, she was looking at one car of a different make, and we had just looked at a new car over at the Buick dealership. We were looking here, and she, said, she came back running to the car. She said, this is that car. See, we had, we, it almost slipped our, our mind, but it, we still had it in our heart. You ever done things like that before? But when, but, when, but when she said that, she said, this is that car that we asked the Lord for those years ago. And guess what she got? A new Buick Riviera. That's what she wanted. And that's what she's got. Seven years later. Now, see, God's been taking good care of us all the time. Don't misunderstand me. I mean, we had a Vega, and we had a pickup, and then we had 88 O's, then we had a, a Toronado, and then we kept coming up, and we got a, a new Riviera. Everybody say seven years. Seven years. And patience. And patience. <laughs> <laughs> you see, so many times people don't get things because they, they start out pretty good. Right. Don't you remember the Bible talks about the parable, what people call the parable of the sower? I like to call it the parable of the seed because it talks about what the seed did in different kinds of ground. It fell on one certain kind of ground, you know, stony ground, and immediately it sprang up. Because it had no deepness of earth. See, folk got a hold of the word. They sprang up. They jumped out. They're making good confessions. But then when the sun beat down on it and the persecution came and it looked like it was getting worse and days turned into weeks, by and by they were offended and they said, this is not working. And the raven said, never more. Never more. Throw in the towel. Forget it, buddy. And so they cast away their confidence and they pull their seed up and they throw it away. How many know that faith is not a guarantee against problems? Faith is a guarantee of victory. The Lord didn't say you wouldn't have an attack. He didn't say you wouldn't have a trial. He didn't say that the enemy wouldn't resist you and wouldn't persist and hold in there even day after day. But he did say, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at me with two openings in the Scripture and then we're going to close here just real quickly. Notice in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 4. 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. How many believe Paul was a man of faith and power? Oh, what the revelation the man got. And God gave it to him. And he, you know he was a man that understood his authority in Jesus Christ. 
because he's the one that God used to pin these things. You know he's a man that understood the power of the blood and, and his place positionally in Christ and how that all things are under his feet. You know he did because, I mean, it's through his hand that we learn about it. But in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17, 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 says, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. I would have come unto you on several occasions, but what? Satan did what? Satan did what? I could show you other places where similar phrases like this are used in the New Testament. The devil did what? Stopped us. What? Not stop. What? Hindered. How many know there's a big difference between stop and hinder? The devil did what? Now, you know, if this had been some charismatics he was writing to, they'd have written back and said, Now, Paul, what's wrong with, won't you use your authority? What do you mean you couldn't come? Because the devil hindered. Don't you know the devil's under your feet, Paul? Use the name of Jesus in the blood and just come on, son. <laughs> the devil, if you won't quit, if you'll believe God and hold on through faith and patience, the devil can't stop you if you won't quit. The devil can't keep you from the blessings of God and the things that God has for you. He can't. If you make up your mind and you believe God and you won't stop, He can't stop you. He can't. Everybody say, He can't. He can't. But He can hinder you. Don't you think that when you get great revelation and you get stirred up and God shows you something to do and you have a vision for the work of God and the kingdom of God, don't you think that He's just going to stand by and let you waltz into it and enjoy He is going to resist you every step of the way. He's going to resist you and through all of His efforts and endeavors, He will be many times able to hinder you. I mean, you might be further down the road on a certain thing than you are because he, you've been hindered. Paul would have been there to see them. More than once. But he said, the devil hindered me. Notice he didn't say the devil stopped me. I'm talking about patience. I'm talking about perseverance. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about always. Amen? Amen. Don't feel like that you are inadequate or inferior spiritually because you take a stand and start to move and next thing you know you find your nose face down on the mat. Don't feel like, oh dear, what's wrong with me? I, I, I believe the Lord. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong except the devil's not dead. <laughs> right? See, a lot of folks think that if you have faith, you just stand up in the morning and decree and it happens and you don't have any slack, any problems, something gets in your way, you just, in Jesus' name, it's gone. It's, that is wrong. That's a misconception of authority. The devil is able through his forces to come against you and oftentimes to hinder you. It's, that's what the Bible says. But here's the thing. You and I have to have enough faith and enough patience. And if he hinders us five times, we're going to hit it harder the sixth time. Are you listening? And Paul has said, now, you, now, now Thessalonians, don't worry about it. I'm going to just back up and hit it again. I'm going to get there. Don't you worry. The devil has held me up a couple of times here, but I'm coming. Don't worry about it. I'll be there. And we're going to do it. But see, so many times, if the devil is able to hinder people, that's all it takes. They cast away their cup. Well, I don't understand. We believe God, and it didn't work. Well, well it's not through then. Don't say it didn't work. The devil just hindered you some. Gird up your loins like a man and like a woman. Amen. Lift up your shield of faith again. Lift up the Word of God and say, oh, you shouldn't have done that, devil. You just stirred me up now and you hit him harder this time. Amen. Now, when it comes to faith fights, everybody likes those little shorty knockout fights. The bell rings and you jump in there with your faith t-shirt on. And you go, it is written, pow! And the devil falls out. And they lift up your hand and you go, yes, yes. Yes, brethren, that's what I mean when I say faith. Oh, everybody wants to do that. 
And a lot of times when you're a baby, that's all, you know, you, you, you're not up for too much. So the Lord doesn't let too much come out against you. So you just jump out and bop it, and, and the Lord wants, wants you to get you off to a good start, and get you encouraged. So you bop it, and it falls on the floor, and they lift your hand, and you go, yes! And, and you, get, you get the erroneous idea that that's the way it's going to be for the rest of your Christian life. Remember our scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God won't allow you to be tempted above what? What you're able. Guess what? As you grow and feed your faith and exercise it, you get more able. Yes! So guess what? One day in the ring is so-and-so faith man and woman. In the other ring is a gorilla demon. And you think... You run out just like you always did before. And you go, in Jesus' name, it is written. And the next thing you know, your nose is on the floor. And your leg is tied up in a pretzel with your arm. The Bible said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, powers, etc., but see, you get into bigger leagues, into bigger classes, and in some of these, it does not just little one knockout round. It goes five rounds, ten rounds, fifteen. Nobody likes them. Fifteen rounders. You've tangled with this thing. You've quoted the Word. You've prayed. You've read. You've interceded. You've turned in prayer requests. You've shouted up and down the aisles. You've done everything you know. And you're sitting there in the corner and the Holy Ghost is pouring some fresh water on you. And He's saying, come on. Come on. And so many times folk are tempted to go there. I don't understand. I mean, it never used to be like this. I just prayed and it was, oh God. And the bell rings. Ding! Oh! <laughs> and you got to get up. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. I want you to know, God, has already told you how this fight comes out. Is that right? He already told you that you will always win in Christ. He didn't say you'd always win in one round. He didn't say it'd always be easy. He didn't say the enemy would never get any blows in on you. Now I used to do some sport fighting. And when you get in the ring with somebody and you give them your best shot, I mean you reach down to your toes and you put everything you got into it, bam! I mean, you, you blood goes from their nose, you know, and, and then they, they stagger back. And then they go... And they smile at you. You know you're in trouble. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you ready to call it quits now. You ready to, let's, let's get out of here. Because you know you've got big problems. Let me tell you, when the devil throws his best shot at you, he plasters you all over the floor and the papers. And you find yourself on the floor face down with your nose bloody. He hits you with his best shot. And you get up. And you smile. And the Bible said at destruction and at famine thou shalt laugh. You laugh right in the devil's face. And you say, boy, you shouldn't have done that. You, you just shouldn't have done that. And I mean, you hit him right between the eyes with the triple. It is written and a quadruple. Thus saith the Lord. 
He knows he's got problems on his hands. He knows that you know that God said always. 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 You got 2 Corinthians 4? We're going there. We're going to close here. Sometime. 2 Corinthians 4. Like I said, Paul's a man of faith. Isn't he? He knows his authority in Christ Jesus. Yet a lot of charismatics would have tried to straighten Paul out. I'm telling you, they would have. Listen to what Paul says. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 4. He said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. We are troubled on every side. Now, a lot of charismatics would have slapped Paul's hand. They said, Paul, what are you confessing you troubled on Everest? Son, don't you know, call those things which be not as though they were and don't talk like that. <laughs> Faith deals with reality. It doesn't deny the issues. It doesn't skirt them. It looks them right square in the eye. It's not afraid to say, I hurt. It's not afraid to say the bills are due, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on. And it says, thus saith the Lord, and because of what he said, I believe this, and I'm calling it like this, and by faith I see it like this, but it's not afraid to look at it. Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. I like that. How's things going, Paul? Well, we got trouble at Corinth. We got trouble at Ephesus. We got double trouble in Galatia. And we got some major trouble over here and there. But, yeah. <laughs> ain't bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. He talked about, you know, 2 Corinthians 11, the care of the churches that come on me daily. He said it came on him. He didn't say he kept it. He's the one that wrote, cast all your cares over on the Lord. He knew what to do with them. Oh, they come, they're there. But he said, I'm not bothered by them, I'm not distressed by them. Not distressed. He said, we are perplexed. You ever been perplexed? What is perplexed? Perplexed is when you look at something and you scratch your head and go, duh. <laughs> what do we, I, I've done this, this, what do we do now? What, what's going on? He said, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. It's going to be all right. You know what's going on? Nope. But it's going to be all right. How many know that you, even if you don't understand everything with your head, you can still have that, that pervading faith in you? It's going to be all right. God will show us. He'll teach us. We're going to make it. I mean, that's real simple, but that's faith. Just to keep, no matter what you're in, you just keep saying, well, uh, we're going to be all right. Don't worry about it. God will show us. He'll help us out. He said, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. One translation said, knocked down, but not knocked out. Glory to God. Just because the devil is able to get a punch in on you, just because something is delayed, just because something is hindered, just because the symptoms stay longer than you think they ought to, don't cast your confidence away. Don't give up and quit. Don't listen to the raven saying, nevermore, nevermore. You answer the bell again. If you keep, if you just keep answering the bell, you're going to win. God said so. Amen. One of these times, you're going to answer the bell, and that'll be the last round, and you won. Amen. But one thing is sure, if you lay there in the middle of the ring and cry, and you don't answer it, you lost. That's the only way you can lose, is to quit, is to throw in the towel. I mean, you may feel like you've got a broke leg, a skint head, a cut ear, fractured nose, you just barely seeing out of half of one eye. When you hear the bell ring, you reach down on the inside where the greater one lives and you answer that bell again and you keep saying it is written and I want you to know God has promised you the immutable word of God said you will always triumph in Christ. Stand up with me. Glory to God. Always, 
Everybody say always. 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 I always triumph. I always triumph. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I refuse to be discouraged. I refuse to be dismayed. I always triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say always. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.